0: You're listening to the PopZara Podcast.
1: (coughs) PopZara presents the State of Gaming Podcast.
0: That's right. It's the State of Gaming. That's gaming with a G. Ends with an aiming. What's up, everybody? This is Nathan Evans, managing editor of PopZara.com, back once again for our monthly look at the video game sales figures analysis and other to-do that's going on in the world of, that's right, gaming. And for that... For this episode of the State of Gaming podcast, we have our returning champ, awkwardly put, Mr. Senior Games Editor himself, Mr. Corey, G-Man, Galaher. Corey, welcome back.
1: Galaher, but yes, how's it Gallaher? going?
0: Pretty close. Close enough. You're not hearing doubles on your feed. There was an episode that aired this month, but it was a big one, and let's just get that out of the way. Uh, for those who've listened to this for years, we want to thank everybody. 2021 uh, it was actually a pretty good year for us. I don't know about you. But uh, for us, it was pretty good. Record number of people listening. Uh, None of y'all are reviewing the damn podcast, so step it up. But Corey, tell us about the episode we had just a couple weeks ago.
1: Uh, We talked with Anton, I believe his name is. I keep calling him Anton, but that's not correct. (laughs) Much like you call me Galahar, and that's also not correct. Um, But we talked with him. He's from Third Coast Review in Chicago. Uh, We talked about the best and worst games of last year.
0: Yep, and that was a Mr. Antel Bokar, by the way. Uh, frequent guest here. One more time, and he gets a member's jacket. But I'll say this. it was the best, worst, and everything else. Uh, we had a lot of different opinions. I think, generally speaking, we had a pretty good time, as well as you can, without alcohol. But I will say this. Uh, to recap— You didn't have alcohol? You know, I'm, I have coffee.
1: I mean, I have alcohol whenever we do these things.
0: Some people mix the two together, uppers and downers. Mm. But don't do that, by the way. Really, don't. Don't do that. Uh, but no, I'll, we'll put a link to it. Uh, it, was a, it was really fun. Antel's a uh, very good guest. No spoilers about what our Representative Games of the Year were, but probably you've heard of them. And you might be surprised at what they were. So yeah, best of the worst games podcast from your buddies and pals over at PopZara. We will link to that and you can listen to your heart's content. Uh, it's better than the Joe Rogan podcast. Nowhere is popular and nowhere is controversial and frankly, nobody really cares. But for us, it's ours. So, Corey, Let's talk about games for the month of January 2022, which technically makes this the first new episode. Yeah,
1: all no. right. We got a couple of really easy ones to start off with, actually. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty um,
0: fun month, actually. Pretty
1: easy. Yeah, it, it is. It's surprisingly decent for the first month of the year. I mean, traditionally, you have to wait until at least the... I don't know, about spring is when all the big stuff starts coming out, but we've got some good ones this month. Um, so the first couple things in the list are actually not even new games at all. They're ports. Um, mm-hmm. We have ports of the 2018 God of War, the uh, the dad simulator, <laughs> and uh, we also have a port of Monster Hunter Rise, and they both came to PC this month. And let me tell you, it's both of these games... Uh, benefit a lot from the new platform. Rise, uh, Monster Hunter Rise in particular, really benefits from being off of the Switch. And I talked about this in my review of both the Switch version and the PC version. Being able to take the game on the go is nice, don't get me wrong, but Monster Hunter Rise is definitely a game that won us a space to roam. And you can see it in the PC version. Um, I understand some of the complaints that we've seen about it, which are things like uh, the textures aren't super impressive, but keeping in mind, of course, that it's running on what's basically a big phone, and it's not just a phone, it's a phone from like, Four years ago it's pretty impressive how good it looks and how well it runs god of war meanwhile was already a good looking game i mean it still looks good in the ps4 today especially ps4 pro I haven't tried it on PS5. I assume it's even better there, but I'm not sure you're getting better than the PC version of it. It's gorgeous. It's got a ton of different visual settings that you want to mess with if you have a nice PC. Um, runs like a dream. I guess you'd expect that, given it's from 2018. The game is still fun as ever. I'm a little shocked we haven't seen more dad games recently. I think dad games might have been a brief fad, and then uh Last of Us 2 comes out, and it's uh, let's just, it's not a dad game anymore. Um, it's kind of a golf, it's kind of a golf simulator, in fact. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey. hey, hey. Yeah, it's, it's not a dad game anymore, so I think maybe we're stepping away from that a bit, but uh, I'm sure we'll get back to it eventually. Um, Death Stranding, I guess, kind of has dad game vibes. Anyway, <laughs> point being, God of War, pretty solid game, worth checking out. Um, especially yeah. on PC, especially if you haven't yet. Um, by, if you and, haven't yet, I'm still surprised.
0: And by dad, you mean uh, transporting a baby in a in a jar?
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, what happens in God of War. No, that's happening yeah. in Death Stranding. Um, there's, a, there's, yeah, pro- so there's,
0: there's, there's probably a lot of people who played God of War 2018 and wish you could put the sun in a jar.
1: But yeah, no kidding. Especially about half of the game, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, both of these are solid choices, uh, especially if you got a nice PC, definitely worth checking out. I would be shocked if you were interested in these games and hadn't played them before, but the option is now there.
0: Since we don't really have that much to talk about regarding new games, I just want to bring out something that you mentioned. They're both coming to PC, but they're both coming from respective console exclusivity, which is interesting. Yep. Different platforms. Um, the, the Monster Hunter one, not such a big deal necessarily because it's Capcom. But the God of War one is a very big deal because it is a formerly console-exclusive, console-selling mega blockbuster from the PlayStation world. In fact, I think PlayStation is listed as the publisher. Uh, It's not the first. In fact, we have another game on this list that's exactly the same. But I will say this. How does the God of War port fare to other previous PlayStation ports?
1: So Um, the most obvious comparison is going to be to Days Gone, which came out last year on PC. Mm-hmm. And um, much like that game, it's fantastic. It runs really well. It looks great. Um, I think it runs royal well pretty uh, runs pretty well even on questionable hardware. So uh, even if you think maybe you can't run it, it's still worth a, worth a shot. I think.
0: So we got a game that's going on four years old from the play, uh, previously PlayStation exclusive coming to the platform. This is a trend we're seeing where older PlayStation titles are conveniently hitting the PC right at the right time. And do you, th- so what do you what do you think about? Sony basically using their catalog to sell the new versions.
1: I think they need to be doing something, given what happened with Microsoft and Activision.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that later. (laughs) That is interesting. Um, So let's get away from uh, PC stuff. Let's go to something that's not PC. So what's next on the list?
1: So next on the list, we have another Switch exclusive, uh, much like Rise used to be, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which... um... So... I've had the chance to experience a tiny bit of it. You like Breath of the Wild, right? Define like. Did you enjoy the game? I don't know how to – all right, Bill Clinton, what do you what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, like
0: that used to be an easy question, but you look at something like Breath of the Wild, right? And for years and years – and for those people who are too young to remember, there was a good t- chunk, I would say, of two solid decades of which it was basically gospel truth that A – Zelda Ocarina of Time was the best Zelda game of all time, and B, sure. it was, Ocarina of Time was still considered by quite a few people as the best video game ever made, and, uh, and almost immediately...
1: I'm, I'm that, old enough to remember this.
0: You remember this. This is a true thing, yeah. and almost immediately Breath of the Wild made that whole logic stream obsolete, sure. and that's why I say I like the game quite a bit, but there are people that have taken it to extreme levels. So, right.
1: so point being, if you take Breath of the Wild, combine it with Pokemon, that's what you're getting here, and it's cool as hell.
0: Now, it's not coming out right now, but isn't there a Kirby game that's that looks like The Last of Us?
1: I don't know if I'd say The Last of Us. There's not enough golf, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of this post-apocalyptic sort of thing, yeah.
0: Which you'd never think you'd see in a Kirby game, but uh, Poke-
1: well, you know, funny, funnily enough, I don't know if you played Planet Robobot back when that came out, but there's definitely been like a, a, a trend toward this kind of setting for Kirby, so it's not completely unprecedented.
0: Well, you know, Kerb is the only game that I know that's still great when it sucks. So, mm. but anyway, I know, haha. But getting back to Pokemon, so exactly what can people expect? Look, honestly, this is not my wheelhouse. I did not join the Pokemon band whatsoever, so, so I'm w- lost. Without
1: saying without saying too much, I think people are going to love it. Um, it is. Uh, so, do you, have you played Pokemon at all ever? You know what we're I am.
0: About I am so surrounded with Pokemon that I never needed to play the game because everybody around me plays Pokemon.
1: So when you were a little kid, and that was probably 50, 60 years ago for you, when I was a little kid, the idea that it was a turn-based combat system was kind of something that you got around. Like the concepts that were shown to you in the anime where you go on adventures and you jump around and explore the world and you you do things with your Pokemon were kind of trimmed down in the games because they had to be. This game, Pokemon Legends Arceus, is what happens when they don't have to trim it down anymore. So you actually are running around with your Pokemon. You're doing stuff in real time. The turn-based combat is still there. There's so much outside of it, too. Uh, you can run around during the battles, for instance. You actually can move your character during the battles and see what's going on. You can throw your Pokemon to help you collect resources and then craft things. Yeah, it's um, it's a great time. It's really cool. I think people are going to like it a lot.
0: The closest I remember Pokemon coming to that, when by closest I mean not at all, is when, uh, what was the Pokemon Snap games where you run around taking pictures of Pokemon?
1: It, it, it has a fair amount in common with those, too. Interacting with the Pokemon, like... Um, you have little quests that you can do with the Pokemon. For instance, like you have to catch a certain number of them without them seeing you, which means you can do it without having to fight. Um, you have to see them do different things. Like you have to throw food at them and observe them doing that. Again, without getting too deep into it, I think it's a really great time. I think it's going to review really well. Um, certainly when we review it, I'm going to give it a great score. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, spoiler. Yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: Well, let's talk about a game that has everything in common with Pokemon,
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, they're very similar games. We're talking about Rainbow Six Extraction. Now, um, we're working on a review of this game, and i got to say, I hadn't really been following it, so when it came to me, uh, what exactly it is kind of blew me away. I wasn't expecting this kind of game to show up. This is basically Rainbow Six Siege if it had aliens and zombies. Yeah, I know. I thought so about (laughs) it, too.
0: You know know what that reminds me of? A little segue... Uh, have you have you seen any of the recent Marvel movies, like the big the big blockbuster stuff? Not the I have not TV seen a shows. single one. Okay, well, you heard about uh, these movies tend to suffer from what they call third act itis, where the third act will kind of disrupt everything you've seen and then go in other ways.
1: Like, I will take your word for it.
0: Well, you watch these movies and you you see these characters and everything, and in third acts they always introduce funky things like aliens and everything. It's like where where did that come from? And you realize, right. oh, it's the kitchen sink. That's right. Yeah, I didn't expect aliens in Rainbow Six.
1: Yeah. It's, um, so the funniest part of it is I didn't expect how well it would end up working. If you're the kind of person who was interested in things like the to destructible terrain in Rainbow Six, you know, it's real cool that you can shoot through the walls and break down doors and yada, yada, yada. But uh, maybe you don't want to deal with screaming children while you play online or uh, getting yelled at by your teammates for being shot. Not that I would know anything about that. Then this is the game for you. I mean, it really gives you a chance to enjoy that kind of system with a fully fleshed out player versus, versus environment system that works great. I mean, it's got these little... Uh, it has kind of a roguelike element to it where you go on runs, you collect resources, you can progress your characters. Again, like kind of a sleeper hit, but I think it's gonna it's gonna do really well.
0: Well let's remember though, the last Rainbow Six game was a huge hit, like the biggest in the franchise. They ever. they
1: still have it today. I mean this is not replacing <laughs> that by any means.
0: Yeah, like let's just, let's just be fair, like Rainbow Six has quietly become like one of the not I wouldn't say up weather with Fortnite, but let's just say yeah, it's popular.
1: It's definitely up there. So And uh Finally, you know, it's funny. We should have talked about this one earlier because uh, we're going right back to a tired refrain at this point. Uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is coming to PC.
0: Well, I didn't want to group it with the other two because we haven't got it yet. And out yeah, of we of not fa- had a chance out fair- to try, Yeah, yeah out, out of fairness. Like, we both...
1: Went- I, I mean, I, I strongly suspect we know how it's going to be. It's probably going to run really well. It's going to look great. But we haven't played it yet.
0: Well, I know Naughty Dog isn't technically PlayStation, but, I'll, but let me just say this. You know what this reminds I'm a little sad. Part of me still likes console exclus- exclusivity a little bit, and I'll, I'll just explain why and we'll, we'll move on. Do you remember when Crash Bandicoot used to be the face of PlayStation? Oh, you know,
1: it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at this now. I'm a little shocked that it's only Uncharted 4 in the expansion. I thought it would be the first few games as well.
0: It does say Legacy of Thieves Collection, which is, yeah, it is a little strange. There's no yeah, two, there's I would no
1: included... Yeah, there's no one or two or three. It's just four in the expansion. That's unfortunate.
0: Well, it seems like, like I said, with Sony, when Sony's selecting to put these games on, on the on the PC it does they do feel like more like samplers of the PlayStation brand don't they instead of like the right. experience no i like console exclusivity and I, and part of the reason i like it is because usually if a company like Sony is willing to invest millions of dollars in a developer like Naughty Dog um, you know cuz they really 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 want you to buy PlayStation you're right. you're probably going to see you know you're going to you're going to see something that you that you probably wouldn't see with a multi-platform game And let's be honest, Nathan Drake is associated with Sony. I mean, have you seen the trailer for the Uncharted movie with um, Tom Holland and
1: Mark Or the guy who looks like he's 12 years old playing as Nathan Drake? I have seen that. saw it as a preview before (laughs) Dune.
0: Yeah, goodness gracious. Um, Think what you will about Tom Holland, but he does feel miscast, but we'll see. But uh, I guess uh, Nathan Fillion's too old. But I don't know. Like, again, we we, we got a new God of War Ragnarok coming out, and we got God of War on PC. We have a new uncharted movie coming out we got uncharted on the pc it just it feels like sony's leveraging you know leveraging their their hits to sell new hits and it's i'm not against it
1: it's funny how that works huh
0: yeah it's funny like
1: but uh so So, yeah. yeah there's the there's the games we've got
0: is there anything else we missed like there wasn't a super lot of new stuff coming out in january i know there's a lot of little indie stuff but anything we missed
1: Trying to think of anything else that really blows us away, um, we talked a little bit about Dying Light 2 before starting the podcast, and we're not really able to go on record saying much about it, but uh, we are going to be reviewing it, so please look forward to that.
0: Yeah, we have, full disclosure, um, the original Dying Light game, which was remade on the Switch last year, popped up in our yearly roundup, and, which is interesting because, in full disclosure, we have received review copies of Dying Light 2, the Embargo says we can't really talk about it, but it will feature next month. You can
1: be sure Yeah, we will, we will say quite a bit about it next month so. for sure. But aside from that, nah, I mean, those are the big ones that really spring to mind. Uh, there's a, a demo for Monarch that I'll be playing after this, which I'm looking forward to. But that's mostly what we got.
0: Okay, dokie. So uh, this is the part where we segue to the middle part of the show that is the – Monthly roundup for NPD, that's the National Purchase Diary, our good buddies over there. Uh, full disclosure, uh, we do have contacts over there. Uh, that being said, these numbers should be thought of uh, as entertainment only because they are only a snapshot. They are not uh, they are not gospel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Basically, it's like you're asking, hey, uh, person selling things. Are your things selling well? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so what we got here, we're going to talk a little bit about hardware first. Uh, unsurprisingly, you can't really buy much of it. Um, it's not. It's hard to find. There's a chip you, shortage. You know what's crazy?
0: Um, you know what's crazy? Um, I'm seeing discounts for older switches and Xbox Series S's, which leads me to believe that we're seeing a devaluation of certain hardwares. And Microsoft has done very, very well towards the end of 2021 with the Xbox Series X. I'm not. Would love to see the the, the actual <coughs> numbers on the S, but I've always no. felt like that system was not long for this earth.
1: So just speaking for myself, I mean, if I'm going to be dropping a few hundred bucks on a new console, mm-hmm. um, I think it only makes sense to drop a little bit more for the best, but that's just me. I mean, I'm, you know me.
0: Well, the Xbox Series X also has the Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray drive, right? That's which, true. Which also gives it compatibility with Xbox 360 and old Xbox stuff. Like, sure. I know I know we talk about digital, but we're going to get into that a little bit. But anyway, uh, I think it pretty much comes down to what you said, is the Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Not pretty, surprising. It's pretty, how it always is, and it's how it is still. Yeah. Uh, but additionally, people are buying games. Did you know that? That's
0: one of the whole reasons we do this.
1: That's funny, huh? Let's see which games they're buying.
0: Speak uh, to of, be specific, speak, speak of the devil. Let's start at the uh, let's start at the bottom.
1: You know, it's funny. I'm looking over this, and uh, shockingly boring this month.
0: <laughs> I think it's generally boring most months if you only look at like the titles. Like you have to. I always like to try to you know this, Corey. I always try to figure out why. Like, why yeah. certain things pop up.
1: Yeah, but, man, there there's just not... Man, oh, anyway, uh, number 20 is Breath of the Wild, of course. Number 19, Mario 3D World. Number 18 is Ghost of Tsushima, of course, because the director's cut came out mm-hmm. in PS5. It's a fantastic game. If you have PS5, you owe it to yourself to try it. 17 is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, We've talked a little bit about this in the past, but I'm going to say again, if you got burned by that Avengers game that came out, wasn't very good. Uh, This is not that game. It's a much better game. So um, you might want to give this one a shot. Sixteen is Forza Horizon five. Uh the fact that this sells at all, surprising given it's on yeah. Game Pass.
0: Not only is it on Game Pass <laughs> though, but it's hugely successful on Game Pass. Like it is a I game mean, pass I, I I've seller. only played
1: it on Game Pass and it's just fine there. So yeah, I game. reasonable.
0: And uh let's just say uh one of our editors top pick of their game of the year for twenty twenty one.
1: I feel like it's completely like again, you know. I, I like driving games. I would never say that one would be my game of the year, but if I were really into driving games, I think it'd be a contender. Makes sense to me.
0: You know what's funny? Um, <coughs> only one more comment about this is that a friend of mine was saying, "Oh, I can't wait for Gran Turismo to come on on PlayStation." And I thought to myself, in the time it takes you to play, wait for Gran Turismo, Microsoft's pumping out, you know, Force games
1: that are all yeah. pretty good. Like, like we'll, you, we'll you don't have to, Force to wait for Horizon Seven by the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you don't have to wait. So. Uh, number fifteen is Just Dance twenty two. I think uh, with Sebastian doing these now, could um, be
0: nice. I'll be honest with you. Full disclosure: we didn't get a copy this year, and oh it's, no, it's kind of a shame. But it's funny because this is one of those franchises that I think everybody kind of likes, but only because it's kind of fun and there is some creativity. But yeah. it it is so tied with the Nintendo platform. Like they 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 don't say what it's on, but like this is a franchise that established itself on the Wii. And when the Wii stopped being popular, it disappeared. And when the Switch became popular, it came back.
1: It came right back. Hey, yep. speaking of uh, franchises that never go anywhere, uh, number 14 is Far Cry 6. Uh, it is more Far Cry. If you like Far Cry, you like Far Cry 6. That's what we got to um, say about this.
0: Did I t- I, I got one comment. I've been, so I started dabbling in I got a new monitor, and I wanted to try it out. And um, I like the game fine. I told you I'm a little overwhelmed with some of the content, but I just got that mission where you had to help Danny Trejo make tacos. Yes. And I was like, I wish the game was more like this.
1: If only. It's a, it's Ubisoft, there's a lot of heavy handed attempts at social commentary <sighs> and so on, which is kind of cringey. You know it, it's well, an Ubisoft game. They do that every time. I
0: told you, my favorite Far Cry game is Far Cry Primal, for that exact reason, because you're a gay right. man. And if Far Cry uh, 6... Far Cry
1: Blood Dragon is fantastic as Blood well. Blood Dragon?
0: I don't think I played... For- I will say this, um, if we can give a little teaser for next month, you and I, t- again, going back to Dying Light 2, a game that owes a lot to Far Cry,
1: uh, mm-hmm. you
0: might be surprised that the new, f- the new Dying Light is a lot more like Far Cry than you would have thought.
1: Yeah, so. you, you may be surprised. Well, let's yeah. not get into that. We don't want don't yeah, to exactly. piss anybody off. <clears throat> number 13, Minecraft, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Number 12, Smash Ultimate. Not surprising there. Um, uh, was- Smash Ultimate probably rising the charts because everybody owns a copy already.
0: Do me a favor, though. I do want to put an anchor on Minecraft because before we head out, we are going to mention Minecraft again. Before yep. we head out,
1: number eleven FIFA twenty two, number ten uh, Animal Crossing again. It's going to be on here forever. It's never. It's never going to leave. Uh, number nine is NBA, NBA rather. What's NPA? <laughs> NBA two K twenty two. Number eight is Mario Party Superstars. I've yet to try this one, but I've heard it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, which is probably going to get a PC port sooner than later, if you if you had to ask me. Uh, yep. Marvel's Spider Man Miles Morales. I- <sighs> I would expect probably within this year we will see well, this on PC. Can we,
0: can we say this real quick? I'm shocked that this game is not higher, and I'll tell you why. Um, the movie
1: because the new Spider-Man came out, and it's uh, one of the first big films. And people are starting to get back out of their houses uh, because even though the pandemic is never going to end, people are still pretending it is, so they're going outside and going to movie theaters.
0: Well, the the new movie has broken all records. It's it's one of the top grossing movies of all time. Go figure. It's just it's and it's a lot of fun. And and if you know. We're not going to spoil it. Look, you probably see it. Have you seen it?
1: No, like I said, I've not seen any of the. Uh...
0: Okay, are you? I'm without getting into it. You know the gimmick, right? You know the.
1: Yeah, I, I know what happens in the film. Okay,
0: sure. you know We're what not happens. Not going
1: to talk about it because exactly. You
0: know, but, but it's but, just yeah. it, it. It's interesting, and I thought there would be more carryover, but I guess maybe this is the carryover. Maybe this is as high as it goes.
1: Right. Uh, number six, Mario Kart eight. Uh, number five is Battlefield twenty forty two. That's hilarious, given how. I'm told this game is not super great. Um, I've not played it myself, and I know better than to trust Reddit about anything. But um, I'm told it's not very good. So,
0: well, let th- let let them be known. I think our, as I said, we do have contacts over at NPD, and I think this is a disagreement we have with that individual about the necess- uh, the need for campaigns in these games. And I want to say. You do. You kind of need a campaign in these games. <laughs> so. You know, funny
1: story. We're gonna we're gonna get to that actually. It's very relevant here pretty mm-hmm. soon. Number four is Madden twenty two. Number three, of course, is Pokemon: Bro and Diamond, Shining Pearl. Um, we're gonna see Pokemon Arceus hit top of the list next month. I think uh, it's it's that good. Uh, number two is uh, Halo Infinite, which does have a campaign. And funny story about that. Um, yeah. this is a new. This is new. This is not number one. Um, I will say. Uh, Halo Infinite's been making money for a month or two, I think it might have been a month at least, before its actual release, so before the campaign came out, they released the multiplayer and you could still buy stuff, and uh, okay. if, we those, if we counted those sales, it would probably beat out this next game. This next game, of course, being uh, Call of Duty Vanguard from the, Activision uh, Blizzard, which we'll talk about in a bit. I was going to say, the, uh, the,
0: the oxygen between these two games just disintegrated substantially which is interesting which is interesting and it's good if you like it and bad if you don't but we will get into it so
1: um Um,
0: i just want to get into halo real quick because this is considered a success story um there's no way around it and i think and i think if i had to quantify all the success stories of games of 2021 it feels weird to be like cheering on a huge multi- Billion-selling franchise as an underdog, but that's what Halo had become. It had become an underdog, thanks to mismanagement with Microsoft and the developer 434. They did not handle this game three well. 343. Three, three. I'm sorry. Like what? Insert development team. But uh, I don't think I think even the most optimistic Halo fans were not expecting a lot. And I think uh, Microsoft made a lot of wise choices, and I think they guided this back. It's people remember that Halo was the Call of Duty for a long time.
1: Like, yeah, we had the exact same cultural response to it too. Like Halo was the Fry boy game, and everything, yeah. and Halo was actually bad, and you just never knew, oh. and so on and so it, forth. Well,
0: lines people lining up to to play the game. All this, we have press releases yeah. every day. I can tell you. Oh my god, I hate those press releases. Biggest yeah. entertainment launch of all time. Yeah. Um, and that went away through miss through you know let's just say neglect. And they brought it back, and I told you, this is one of my favorite games of 2021, too. Not because the game is so wonderful and awesome, just because it's so damn competent. Yeah, It works. It's
1: entirely, it's entirely solid. Even the campaign, like, yeah. campaign isn't long. Um, it's definitely a little bit confused about what it wants to do, but it's a good time. And you can get it on Game Pass, you know, which you should have. So there well, you have it.
0: You know, the craziest thing I saw about Halo Infinite was uh, apparently John Carpenter, you know, the John Carpenter himself, probably mm-hmm. the most influential person in the video game world, even though he doesn't have anything to do with video games. Uh, said this is one of his favorite games. He called it the best Halo. He's been playing it and been tweeting about it. John That's Carpenter. Fantastic. Yeah. So. so, uh,
1: hey, proceeding from there, though. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, proceeding from there, we have a little bit of other stuff to talk yeah. about. Um, going on the list, we already talked about the best and worst games podcast. I thought it was really good. Uh, we love talking to Third Coast Review, and I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dying Light 2 will take at least 500 hours to fully complete. It. This is a thing that, uh, I believe Techland posted on Twitter, and it got the usual range of Twitter responses, mostly incredulous. Um, I have to say, we we both been playing it. Um, well, I, I'm not sure how...
0: I Look, let, let me handle this one, because I'm on the record about a year ago. I was talking about this in regards to Assassin's Creed. Remember? Mm-hmm. about I was overwhelmed with the game, not because I don't have enough time, which I don't, but you remember yeah. I told you I used the term hate beat because it, there's so much content, and so much of it is mouth and so much of it is fetch my letter, pet, I, my, um, pet my goat, deliver you know, this. I,
1: I'm still at the same point where I'm like, eh, we, we can't say this is a bad industry that we're at right now if our biggest complaints include there's too much to do in this game.
0: Well, I think also the, from software, somebody put out this press release saying that Elden, Elden Ring, is that it? Elden, Ring will, Elden take, Ring will take 30 hours to beat. And I thought to myself, 30 sounds so small. Compared to 500.
1: And it's funny because 30 is a solid weekend. Like 30 is a weekend if you go fast. And that's, you know, that's well, not bad. Like I don't feel bad about that.
0: I mean, you're paying what, 60, 70, whatever for the for the base game and everything. I don't know what people are expecting. But I've yeah. always felt like the hours you put in a game has always been nebulous because I've, I've probably put... 10,000 hours in, in Tetris.
1: You know, I'm not going to side with the people who say they would prefer if games were shorter in general, like four to eight hours, because nah, games are expensive, and I want to get the most I can get for what I'm paying. But at the same time, okay. I also understand people like you, who have mentioned, you know, a lot of hours is one thing, but how many of those hours do I actually care about?
0: Well, there's, there's two things, and I'm not, this is not a snipe at Dying Light 2, because we're not here to discuss the game. We're just... I've never heard a company brag like this before. And we've since we've yeah, talked.
1: Yeah, it's from Ubisoft sometimes. Yeah, Ubisoft Ubi, specifically.
0: Ubisoft, but you know what? I think the, the the best comparison would be something like Angry Birds too. Whereas mm-hmm. Angry Birds one was a game you paid what a dollar for. You got a lot. You got like what hundred levels. The game yeah. went by, and the second game they decided to make it open uh freemium or whatever, and in order to pad it, they had to take what you liked about the game and stretch it out like silly putty. Right. And it ruined the flow. And there's, mm-hmm. there's such a thing as timing. Like, you play Breath of the Wild, you play Halo Infinite, you play a lot of this stuff, and there is such a thing as too much is too much, too much of a good thing.
1: I can and totally see it, too, yeah. If you're, if you're the kind of person who doesn't feel like you've fully gotten your money's worth unless you do everything in a game, then yeah, something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to upset you. But on the other hand, if you're just like, you know, when I finish the story, I'm done with the game, and I will do whatever side quests appeal to me as I go through the story, That's I think it's fine to have this kind of level of content. Anyway, point being, yeah. we don't actually know how accurate this is. We'll talk about it when we review the game. Next up, CES-22, surprising mm-hmm. GPUs. I don't know what the hell this is talking <laughs> about. Help me out.
0: Okay, so as we both know, um, you actually had an opportunity to go to CES this year with our tech editor, Herman. Uh, scheduling conflicts meant it was <laughs> not to be.
1: It's unfortunate, Uh, but that's how it is sometimes. Yeah,
0: but you saw, we saw what happened. The show was basically torn apart. Um, It was almost canceled. Yeah, about
1: to say, I don't, I don't feel like I missed much.
0: Um, But what's funny about it is that it was the show, like all the big players, like most of the big players had to stop. But there was a lot of game. There was a gaming component there, specifically when it comes to new GPUs from NVIDIA and uh, AMD. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if you followed the news very well, but I will say this: um, it's interesting. And we did a wrap-up podcast on PopSar. Again, I'll post a note to it. Uh, with our good friend Ben Crossman over at Computer America. Hey Ben, mm-hmm. but I'll say this: um, normally CES is not such a gamer-heavy show. You know this, but the absence normally of a lot CES of big players is definitely
1: like a t- like a like a home tech kind of show more than anything. Yeah, and it's yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's by not the surprising way. given how they had to trim it down.
0: It's a lot of fun, and you know, word came out during the show that uh, the next upcoming trade show we usually give a damn about, E3, has been canceled. Uh, yep. At least as a physical thing, and there's rumors that will continue.
1: Yeah, every indication it's going to it's going to be canceled altogether this year. <laughs> I,
0: I won't. I, I don't know how I'm going to make it, Cory. I don't know how I'm going to get uh, it's through. It's really this stuff awful, side. right? Um, but anyway, I'll say this: uh, listen to the podcast, but check it out if you have an opportunity. A lot of really expensive. What was the new? Uh, they unveiled the new Nvidia something Ti, but they pronounced it Ty. What was it called? Um,
1: that would be the 3070 Ti, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think they, yeah, that's where they debuted that, and AMD uh, debuted some budget sub two hundred dollar one. The
1: 3090 Ti, sorry.
0: Yeah, it's newest one.
1: It's fancy. It's expensive. Very expensive. You probably can't buy one because Bitcoin miners are going to buy them.
0: But yeah, but the problem is, is because the mainstream press wasn't present, you didn't really hear a lot. And I think uh, for smaller publications like us, who, who who risk you know risk the plague, I think we had a good time. Um that being said it was nice to see the show exist. It was nice to see some gamer centric stuff for a change. Mostly it's just robots, but for yep. the most part it was a good show. And I would encourage everybody to listen to the podcast. We had a lot of fun. And you
1: should always listen to the Popsar podcast all sh- for it.
0: You should always you don't need any friends. You just need us. We're
1: exactly. Every- hey, speaking of things that you might need or that <laughs> yeah. people need and are purchasing. Yeah, um, this, is a,
0: this is a big news. This is this is the biggest video game news I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is ridiculous. So we're not going to yeah. get into uh, the specifics of the whole Blizzard Activision thing because every other site yeah. on the planet has done it, and they've already paid their dues at this point, I think, and we don't want to, You don't want to hear about it, I don't want to hear about it. What you do want to hear about is the fact that Microsoft is apparently going to buy Activision. Now, one thing I want to point out about this, and nobody seems to talk about it, you know, because we're all excited for the hype and the, the pomp and circumstance of it all. This is a proposal. This is not a done deal yet. It is entirely possible that this gets blocked in the future. But, in theory, Microsoft is planning to buy Activision in 2023. They're going to uh, consolidate them into their company. I've seen all kinds of takes about this, and I'm not going to have a significant take on it because I don't think we know enough about the industry as people who play video games or even as analysts of the industry to say much what effect it'll have. I mean, we don't work for Activision. We don't work for Blizzard. We don't work for Microsoft. But the one take that we uh, we can all have, I think, and I think you can agree with this, is... Uh, it's going to be real last I can play Diablo on Game Pass.
0: Well, that's the thing. Uh, they, they did announce like as a prerequisite that they did say that, yes, the Activision, the, the assets will be on Game Pass. Um, that's wonderful. That's that's wonderful. They also they also signal that the games will still be multi-platform. Um, we yep. mentioned Minecraft earlier. I think this is significant because Microsoft has shown willingness to give their IP, over, much like Sony, Out of I think out of necessity more than anything, like, Microsoft, there's no way Microsoft would make Minecraft a, a exclusive. It's not going to happen. Yeah, um, exactly. Banjo- and I'll point out,
1: hmm? as I, I'll point out, as I like to, that few things matter less to the people who are buying and playing games and which big faceless company owns which big faceless company. I'm reminded of when uh, Square purchased Enix back in the day, mm-hmm. and there were all these worries that, oh, no, what's going to happen to Enix, and where's Dragon Quest going to go? And naturally, nothing happened. I mean, I, I've been playing Dragon Quest 11 on my PC recently, of course, and it's still there, and it's still Dragon Quest, so... Um, I think all the doom saying and all the talk about what a big schism it's going to be for the industry and all the ripples it's going to send out. I think that's a load of a load of malarkey. Is our I understand
0: yes. though. I understand though. If you if you if you understand the history of Microsoft and their acquisitions, it's not been a bump. It's not been a smooth road for the most part. Um, there's been a lot of. I, I think a lot of people would call it IP grabs. Uh, the, you know, it's funny. If you follow the, the history of video games, specifically the last twenty something years, you know that Microsoft essentially got into the business, uh, essentially parasitically. Through Sega, then Apple, then all of that. You know what? what, You know, Bungie. uh, Excuse me. Halo was announced for the Macintosh by Steve Jobs. Microsoft's like yoink. I'll take that. You know they. You know and they they, when the Dreamcast. uh, Bill Gates is the one who debuted the Dreamcast. Had a Windows sticker on it, Windows CE, and immediately the death of the Dreamcast. All those people sidled over to the Microsoft world, including uh, uh, who's the president at the time? The guy with the the pointy beard. Uh, I can't recall. Oh goodness, he, he Tom. Was it Tom Clancy? No, the one he had a Grand Theft Auto tattoo, sort of, on his arm. I forget. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is that Microsoft buys and buys and buys. They have the money to buy it. And some people had said that's how they, you know, they they skirt around innovation. I don't necessarily think so. I think people, Corey, and I think you agree, don't understand how tenuous the relationship some of these developers are. Like yeah. like Activision sells billions of dollars worth of Call of Duty, and that's not changing. They, but you know. You could say what you will about Blizzard Activision being besieged with scandals and everything. That's nothing. It's it's, it's not
1: like anybody was going to stop buying Call of Duty.
0: Exactly. But But what's funny about the whole thing is that now the company, you know, Microsoft now owns – they own Call of Duty. Well, they will. Let's just presume they will. They own Call of Duty. They own Overwatch. They own Diablo. You know, They own StarCraft. They own all of that stuff. Um, As long as they're willing to share, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad thing. And I do think the implications, they will. But I don't.
1: You, I don't know that we're going to really notice any difference in terms of game quality um, or output, and that's all that matters in the
0: well, end. Well, I'll just say this. Here's my thought, though. I've always said <laughs> since the beginning. I've said this for years. I'm saying it more now than ever, that Microsoft is becoming a platform. It's yes. not. It's not a console. It's a platform. And <clears> one <throat> thing we saw at CES, going back to that, was uh, companies are like, and I think way too late, they're integrating like GeForce Now and Stadia into their yep. smart top boxes. Now. You know I'm not a big fan of these things, but you have yeah, Game I Pass.
1: Don't, I don't think for a second we're gonna see a full on industry switch to streaming as no. some people like to like to punditize. But, but um but. it will be more of a thing. It'll be more convenient to use and it'll be higher quality, and that's a good thing.
0: Well hear me out though, hear me out. So you have Game Pass and Microsoft has been slowly creating this you know, this Trojan horse inside Game In- Pass. And I told you, if you have the right setup, you can play call excuse me, you can play Halo Infinite completely on a MacBook or a Linux machine or a Chromebook and the performance is going to be really good if you have if all the settings are right you're going to be able to do that with call of duty now and stuff like that and i think imagine buying a tv probably from samsung where there's a little icon on your tv that says xbox and you hook a controller up that's what microsoft is going for that's pretty damn clear that's never been clearer and i think that's the future of microsoft you you pay for a gaming thing and you get everything and that's compelling that's a compelling yep. thing whether the the quality is good who knows probably not where it needs to be but th- yeah that just makes this happen and honestly it doesn't have to be perfect we're going to see what happens like you said it could, it could fumble it could, it could disintegrate it's
1: entirely possible it doesn't happen yeah we'll see how it goes but um, that's pretty much what we got this month I think
0: yeah I think it's pretty good for the first month of the year of 2022 it's nice and nice and soft nice and easy yep. no pressure just nice and slow, like a good coffee. Thank you once again. I think it's a good time to wrap up. Any final thoughts besides Dying Light 2 that you're looking forward to next month?
1: No, um, so next month, next month, next month. What do we got coming out next month? Let me hit you about that one. Let me take a look. Um, of course, not only two, obviously, uh, Sifu is finally coming out. This martial arts game is going to be out on Epic and I think consoles. Um, we've got the cloud version of Kingdom Hearts on the Switch. That'll be nice, question mark. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, of course, looks pretty good um elden ring of course looks pretty good yeah there's some stuff to look forward to
0: do you th- now out of all these games do you have a predictor for what's going to be the biggest hit of the month because you just you mentioned i don't
1: like to for sure
0: you think so you don't think but you don't think elden ring will will be a competitor
1: i think elden ring will be a competitor for march because it comes out pretty late in the month
0: Does it? you're one of those things where it'll come out but it'll sell really really well and pick the charts
1: yeah, I think it'll do pretty well. Um, I think it's going to get a bit a big advertising blitz. Of course, your usual hardcore set—the one percent of people who actually buy games—will certainly buy it. But I think your average person might be interested too.
0: Do you think it'll be punishingly difficult?
1: Like, no, I think it's going to. I feel confident it'll be easier than most. Well,
0: I just read the other day. I just saw the other day that a a guy with a blindfold beat Sekiro in like three hours.
1: That's not surprising. Yeah, people really get into these games, and they'll That's, play nothing but for years and get amazing at them.
0: You asked me how much I like uh, Breath of the Wild. That's why I don't even know how to answer these questions anymore. Like, By their standards, I don't even like the game.
1: I-, I wish I could find a person that I like as much as they like Sekiro. Let's go with that.
0: That is pretty crazy. So, and with that, you have been listening to the Popzara podcast, The State of Gaming, for January 2022. It's the first month of the year. Plenty more to come. Uh, thank you once again to our Senior Games Editor, Mr. Corey, G-Man Goliath. Corey, thank you.
1: Hey, it's Galahar, but thank you very much. <sighs> Appreciate Sorry. you having me on.
0: See, that's, that's, that's my, my talent. It's very singular. And with that, we will see everybody next month. And as you would say, Corey, see you on the next level. Bye-bye.
1: You've been listening to the Pop Zara Podcast. For more quality original content, check out popzara.com for the latest reviews and previews in gaming, movies, tech, and more.